grace and peace to you and welcome in the name of the Lord. You are welcome here if it's your first time with us or if you have joined us every week. You are welcome no matter who you love, where you live, or what you look like. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here at the United Congregational Church of Little Compton. We're so glad that you are with us. I have a few quick announcements to share with you. Uh, this Wednesday, February 10th at 6.30 p.m., we will be hosting a craft for Valentine's Day to make cards uh, for those members who need a little bit of extra cheering at this time. So please, if you'd like to join us, reach out and email alex at ucclittlecompton.org and he will give you the Zoom link so you can join us. The following Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, believe it or not, we are starting Lent and we will be having an Ash Wednesday service on Wednesday evening uh, virtually. If you would like to participate in putting uh, ashes in the sign of a cross on your forehead, as is the tradition, you can uh, pick up a small individualized bag of ashes um, from the church and just reach out to Dawn and let her know at office at ucclittlecompton.org. I also would like to invite you formally to join us for our annual meeting. Uh, we will be voting in our new slate of deacons and trustees and officers um, and discussing the business of the church. So please join us uh, after virtual worship on Sunday, February 28th. Now, without further ado, let us worship God. As we enter this time of prayer, I invite you to take a deep breath, fill your lungs, fill your whole body with breath, and release it. Let us pray. God of justice, you call us to come and boldly follow you, to serve as Christ serves and love as Christ loves. Too often we hesitate, we defer, or we avoid this call. Forgive us, Lord, for all the times we have not used our power to serve our neighbors for all the times when we have not used our voices to speak against oppression and injustice, for any time we have turned our backs on your beloved children who hunger and thirst in a world of plenty, forgive us, Lord. Make us courageous servants of your justice, your peace, and your wholeness. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Friends, hear the good news. In Christ we are forgiven, restored, healed, and made whole. Thanks be to God. Two Corinthians three verses one to six. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Surely we do not need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you, do we? You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter of Christ, prepared by us, written not with ink but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are competent of ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. Our competence is from God, who has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not of letter, but of spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Here ends the reading.
Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Jesus went out again beside the sea. The whole crowd gathered around him, and he taught them. As he was walking along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. As he sat at dinner in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were also sitting with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician. But those who are sick, I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. In 1910, an Albanian girl was born in what was then the Ottoman Empire, and she was given the name Agnes. As a child, the stories of Christian missionaries fascinated her. So when she turned 18, Agnes set out to become one. She traveled to Ireland, and she joined the Sisters of Loretto. She learned English and she prepared for missionary work. Within the next few years, she would master English, move to India, learn Bengali, begin teaching at the convent there, and finally complete her novitiate and take her religious vows. When she did, she chose to take the name of Teresa, honoring Saint Therese of Lisieux, the patron saint of missionaries. In 1948, Sister Teresa felt a calling from God. As she put it, I was to leave the convent and help the poor while living among them. It was an order. To fail would have been to break the faith. She began with nothing, living in the slums alongside those that she sought to serve. With a small group of like-minded women, she began a congregation. It was called the Missionaries of Charity. And in her, her words, this group would care for the hungry, the naked, the homeless, the crippled, the blind, the lepers, all those people who feel unwanted, unloved, uncared for throughout society, people that have become a burden to society and are shunned by everyone else. From 13 members in 1950, she grew this small congregation into an international movement with over 4,000 sisters who managed orphanages, AIDS hospices, charity centers worldwide. They cared for refugees, the blind, the disabled, the aged, the alcoholic, the poor, the homeless, victims of floods, epidemics, and famine. This is the woman that many of us would come to know later as Mother Teresa, a paragon of the Christian faith, a faith she understood not as a set of theological statements to believe, but as a way to live. Mother Teresa was canonized in 2016, and so she is now properly a Catholic saint in her own right. I am not familiar with all the examples brought forth as proof of her canonization or all the reasons brought forth by her critics against her sainthood, but I will tell you what makes her a saint in my book, a true disciple of Christ. It is this. 
She heard a call to go, to serve, to live among those who were suffering and offer them healing, dignity, food, shelter, belonging, and love. And she went. She did it with her whole heart. Sometimes in our contemporary culture, we mistakenly assume that faith is a set of beliefs we can arrive at simply by thinking our way into it. But faith is not a practice primarily of the head, but of the heart. President Jimmy Carter famously said that faith is an action verb. And although he is grammatically incorrect, his point is nonetheless true. Faith isn't something you have. It's something you do. You live it. Many of you are probably familiar with the extensive charity work of Mother Teresa, but you may not be as familiar with her intense struggle with doubt. Following her death, Mother Teresa's personal letters and diaries were published against her wishes, and they revealed that after her early sense of strong calling and deep faith, she experienced a 50-year period of spiritual desert. She wrote this, Where is my faith? Even deep down there is nothing but emptiness and darkness. If there be God, please forgive me. When I try to raise my thoughts to heaven, there is such convicting emptiness that those very thoughts return like sharp knives and hurt my very soul. There are some who would give this as an example of a weak faith, but I would say the opposite. Doubt is something that every person struggles with, no matter what their faith. A faithful Christian is not someone who never has doubts. A faithful Christian is someone who follows in the way of Jesus, even when that way is not clear or certain continuing to put one step after another, even when they are plagued by doubts and emptiness. In fact, it reminds me of the Psalms. It also reminds me of the disciples. Jesus does not go to Peter and Andrew in those fishing boats and ask them if they believe the right things. He does not quiz them on doctrine. He says simply, follow me. Jesus does not say to Levi, the tax collector, are you good enough? or holy enough, or right enough to be my disciple? No. Jesus says simply, follow me. And Jesus does not begin a church with walls and pews for people to sit in and think about faith. He starts a movement. Church is where you ate with the community, where you prayed and read scripture, and where you celebrated and you mourned together. Yes. But church was never the end goal. Church was the well, around which the disciples could gather to be nourished and replenished, to remember where their feet were firmly grounded and to whom they belonged. But the life of faith happened when they left the well, to carry the water of blessing out to the world. My friends, if you are worried that you do not believe enough, If you are having trouble feeling the presence of God, if you are hung up on that one miracle story that puts every scientific nerve in your body on edge, it is okay. 
you are in good company. Mother Teresa, now Saint Teresa, spent 50 years doubting. And all the while, she prayed to the God she could not be sure of. She followed the Christ she could not see. She spent her whole life answering the call of the God that she constantly doubted. That, my friends, is what Christian faithfulness looks like. You cannot think your way into faith. You have to live your way into it. Amen.
Let us pray. O Holy One, breath of being, you are here in this very moment as constant presence and insistent voice. In gratitude we pray. With boldness we pray. Inundate the world with humanity. Overwhelm the world with truth. Flood the world with kindness. Upset our indifference. Accelerate our action. Fortify our resolve. Compel us to authentic discipleship that nurtures creation and embodies love and breathes life. God, you are the healing we long for, and we ask that you bring your healing presence to all who suffer in mind, body, or spirit, and all who care for them. Especially this day, God, we pray for Thomas, Kate, Linda, Lori, Karen, Kay, Ellie, Dennis, Megan, Miles. God, you are our comfort and our peace. Draw near today to all who are grieving. Even in their sorrow, may they know your deep peace. God, we pray for all who are in crisis. We pray for all who are struggling in mind and body or in spirit. We pray for all who are facing mental illness or who are beset by fear or disaster or loss. God, lead us from fear to faith from death to life, from falsehood to truth, lead us from despair to hope, from division to unity, and let us live as your hands, feet, and heart in the world. We pray in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about our church, we invite you to connect with us on our website, www.ucclittlecompton.org. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find a link to our donation page in the show notes for this episode. We also invite you to share this podcast or leave us a rating or review to help others find us. Our virtual worship team is the Reverend Rebecca Floyd Marshall, Senior Minister, Michael Bauman, Piano and Organ, Lily Clark, Project Manager, Cam Clark, Video Production, Alex Floyd Marshall, Audio Engineer, and Charlie Thomas, Readings Coordinator. The horn and string music you hear is performed by the Thomas family.
In our church, it is our tradition to end every service with this simple blessing. God be with you till we meet again. By God's counsels, guide, uphold you. With his sheep securely fold you. God be with you till we meet again. Go in peace. Thank you.